0: Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films, every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Rising star in progressive politics and a new father, 32-year-old Adi Barkin, his life was upended when he was diagnosed with ALS. But after a confrontation with powerful Senator Jeff Blake on an airplane that went viral, catapulting him into national fame, Adi and his motley crew of activists ignite a once in a generation political movement called Be A Hero. So the film is called Not Going Quietly. It's a documentary film about Adi and his journey. And we're joined today by the director, and that would be Nicholas Bruckman. Nicholas, welcome to Film School Radio.
1: Hey, thank you so much, Mike. Glad to be here.
0: Yeah, thank you. How did you get to know? What did sort of got this whole project going? He I had I've heard of him, and it, I think it was in relation to all the things that I just described, but uh how did you get started on this?
1: Yes, I met Adi in early 2018, um, right after he met Senator Jeff Flake, faithfully on an airplane. And the reason I met him was because I, in addition to kind of making long-form feature films, also make political ads and commercials and videos for progressive causes and social movements um, through uh, my production company, which is called People's TV. And I got a call from Liz Jaff, who for those who've seen in the film, is Adi's partner in crime, who, she, who met uh, him on that airplane. And she called me through a mutual friend and said, I just met this guy on an airplane and we are gonna start a healthcare organization and we wanna make a short launch video. And sounded interesting, the kind of thing that we do sounded sort of sad, um, the whole story, but I flew out to Santa Barbara to meet him. And as soon as we started the interview, this is in the film. Adi was topless, changing his shirt, and he's like, "All right, let's get started, bare chested." And that moment, um, which you see at the beginning of the film, was very um, impactful for me because it showed me the kind of way he was handling this situation with humor and, and grace and, and resilience. And I think it was a very powerful metaphor: the way he was was resisting this disease to the way he was resisting the Trump administration and the assaults on healthcare, And when Adi decided to go and take his journey on the road, I knew there was a film in there. And um, that's how it all got started. Yeah.
0: yeah. And there are, you introduce over the course of the film, a lot of very interesting and very important people in Adi's life, not the least of which is his wife, Rachel, uh, who uh, is remarkable in her, in her way. Was there any kind of hesitation in terms of, the, the, your involvement in their life—it's a very intimate portrait of him. You, we see him in his family life, we see him in his in his act, activist life. How was building that kind of relationship? Was how did that go? Yeah,
1: it was um, emotionally tough, of course, because I became very close to Adi, and, and um, it's hard to see anybody that you know or care about go through a disease like ALS, and we had to ask for a lot of vulnerability and and ask for a lot of time with them. And his time was and is very precious. At the time when we first started filming with him, uh, he only had about six months left to speak. There was this huge urgency to capture this part of his life. And I think that's a big part of why he agreed because he wanted this time capsule for his family and and for posterity of of who he was as he lost his ability to walk and talk and, and eat and ultimately breathe as you see in the movie. So he was open to this idea from the get go of being in the film, there wasn't a lot of resistance, but there was a lot of negotiation in terms of when the camera should be there and when not. And I'll give you an example, which is when we're on the tour, you see in the film, Adi literally loses his voice completely and gives one of his final speeches. And, and that was very common actually on the trip that Adi would only have, you know, 15, 30 minutes of speaking that he could do in a day before his vocal cords would give out. And so as a documentary filmmaker, you know, I wanted to interview him every day or every hour, you know, what just happened, where are we going, how are you feeling? If we did that, he would have to really, we'd have to decide, should Adi be spending those 15 minutes talking to us, or should he be giving the next speech, or should he be calling his son and his wife? And so it's kind of an ethical dilemma, which I think forced me to step back a lot of the time and not interview him. And it it changed the shape and the course of the film. In some ways, for the better, because it forced us to just really roll on the action and be there for all of the emotional moments.
0: Yeah. In addition to what you described, Liz Jeff is also struggling and wrestling with some of these very same issues because you're on the road. It's a is it forty days? Is it yeah? I, I believe. Yeah, 40 the, whole, the
1: whole trip's about forty days long, um, with with stops and and starts and pause uh, in New York and. Um, we had our own RV that was following their RV with the production crew and different cinematographers, different people hopping in and out all along the way. But, um, it was a really intense shoot. Just keeping up with Adi was tough, um, literally cause he goes like 15 miles an hour in that wheelchair. So he, um, you know, running after him a lot of the time and, um, you know, he just would do so much. It was really an incredible experience because we kind of got to see during the day. The work of organizing and then at night the like solidarity and community of these group of young people taking Adi on on what would be his last road trip um, yeah. so it was really this kind of you know friend emerging friendship story that that um you see and that is part of the story that doing this kind of work can be a communal and and uh fun and and celebratory experience.
0: I think we need to take a kind of a, a little bit of a step back in, in terms of describing him and his life and his, as activism. And then as you said, this diagnosis of uh, ALS commonly known, I don't know if it's still known as Lou Gehrig's disease. I think we've kind of gotten past the, uh, that whole, that the way that it was used to be referred to, but at ALS is a crippling nerve disorder and neurological disorder. But um, let's talk about that he, him as the, as the activist, but also, yeah, let's just talk about that. What, what is it that Adi's known for in terms of his activism?
1: Um, I think that's important to, to talk about because I think when people assume that he has ALS, oh, okay, he must be an ALS advocate. Or when they hear that he's in a wheelchair, they assume he must be a disability rights advocate. And of course, both of those things are true. However, his goal, is really much more far reaching than that in the sense that he really believes that the US should have a universal healthcare single payer program where the government provides healthcare for all people. And his diagnosis of ALS is really just a tool that he uses to tell that story around the country. And and part of what he does is he travels around the country is empowers other people who are sick and disabled and have their own healthcare stories to, to confront politicians, put that on camera, and make themselves heard and shame the politicians with their their callousness when they turn the, their constituents away um and so that whole action and that whole road trip is really about building democracy and people power and the issue of health care is is uniting and it's personal but there are tears to what Adi's doing of course he wants more funding for als and 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 the rights of disabled to be respected and enhanced but he also wants all Americans to get health care, regardless of whether they have a disease as, you know, forceful as, uh, and terrible as ALS. And beyond that, what he's showing, I think, through his work is like, if if he can do it, if he can take part in our democracy, if he can, you know, get out there, vote, organize, then what's your excuse, <laughs> so I think. Um, and to me, the story of the film is, is how Adi Finds faith in himself and his family and the country through doing this work. Um, that it's a healing act to be part of part of uh, an active participant in our democracy. There's a there's a, a collectivity about it, which which Adi describes in the film that he can transcend his body by being part of this work, and that's that's really the core metaphor of what the film is all about.
0: Right. And the the time frame for this film. First of all, let me um, remind our listeners we're speaking with Nicholas Bruckman, He's the director of not going quietly. And the film will be out um, on August 13th. And uh, you can go to a number of websites. Is, is there one, uh, There's the Greenwich uh, Entertainment website, which is the distributor for it. Do you have a particular website that you won't like us uh, to, uh, to mention?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So our film is located at NotGoingQuietlyFilm.com, okay. and that has all of our um, screening info, including our upcoming release uh, this Friday, August 13th in New York and L.A. in theaters, um, which is really exciting. So then in October, it will be released digitally um, on iTunes and Amazon Prime, and then ultimately in January, um, it's going to be on PBS POV, on, on the national uh, PBS Documentary series, as well as streaming on PBS.org. Great. Um, so we're having a big rollout, and it's um, you know really really uh, grateful for you, Mike, and and your community for for coming out to see it and spreading the word.
0: Yeah, and again, this takes place in 2018. This sort of tour he goes on, and it's an eventful tour for a lot of reasons, and and it's also an impactful tour. It appears to have had some impact. On a number of congressional districts. That, by the way, in case people have forgotten, 2018 was a momentous year for the Democratic Party and for for progressives in general. It was a real uh, great election in terms. Of the Democrats picked up 40 seats in the in the House, and many of them were traveled through, Viadi and his motley crew of people advocating for single payer, really bringing people, uh, th- bringing attention to this to so many people. And one other thing, I want before you comment on that, which I, I thought it was a great part of the film, but how emotionally involving this film is. This is a really powerful film on a lot of levels, but not the least of which is the power of humanity, the power of activism, the power of connecting with other people. So I just wanted to get that out there.
1: Yeah, thank you. I mean, I, I, um, you know, there's a lot of setbacks that you see in the film. Um, so there's, there's wins and there's losses. But I think, you know, Adi's work in the 2018 election is is um, hopefully comes through in the film and shows you the difference that one person can make, that a small uh, group of committed citizens can make. And Adi continued that work through the 2020 election where the film kind of resolves and of course continues that work today. Adi's incredibly active um, in the current fight over home care-based services, which is the funding in the infrastructure bill to include care as infrastructure which is incredibly important to our healthcare system and to people with disabilities and audience really leading that fight and of course he's he's championing the um wider medicare for all movement which kind of has a once in a generation opportunity with a huge groundswell of popular support and now a democratic house senate and presidency which um, he's also working to help us hold on to in 2022 you know, I think I think the film documents an important chapter in his life, but also his best work may be ahead of
0: him. You know, it is one of those issues. This is a crystal clear example of an issue where the majority, a solid majority of the people in this country want to see single payer, universal health care. There is no disputing that. Yeah. And yet, and yet it seems quote unquote to be politically dead in Washington, DC, and every, and I hate to say this, Democrats and Republicans alike, both parties have found ways to undercut this. And as much as I love Obama, he undercut it with, with the refusal to negotiate with the uh, with the pharmaceutical industry over pricing. Everybody's had a hand in The, the Republicans have obviously thrown their bodies in front of this as often as they possibly can. But eventually, I do believe we're this is we're on the right side of history here. I do believe that eventually this will become and so I'm so thrilled with this uh bill that the House has passed on human infrastructure. If that's not a legacy to the work of Adi and others, um, I don't know what is because it you would you would have never heard infrastructure and human care in the same sentence before this.
1: Yeah, I think it's a huge um step in the right direction. And um, you know, there have been a lot of great, I think, progressive victories over the years, and I think that um, I'm I'm personally very hopeful that we will um, achieve single player, um, or at least achieve a public option, um, you know, in, in, I don't know, if I, I don't want to say my lifetime, hopefully it'll be much shorter than that, um, but this has been a really long time coming. I think that the only antidote to the types of influence that you're suggesting from the corporate lobbies from from the healthcare industry, from pharma, et cetera, is the kind of people power that you see in this film. It's it's regular citizens who don't have super PACs holding their politicians accountable, showing up, raising their voices, voting, protesting. Um, that's how we achieved the other types of victories that we've had in the last last years and last decades, and across issues around LGBT rights and and marijuana legalization and just other things that you know. I think even I. 10, 20 years ago, I don't think we could have hoped for. So I think it's important to recognize, as you were saying, some of the goals and progress we've had. I I, I know that you're right, that some 69%, I think was the last study I read of voters support Medicare for all. And it really is. Um, and I think part of the reason Adi resonates so much is that, of course, he's a strident Democrat, but it's a really is a bipartisan issue. When we were on the road, we traveled to a lot of red states and a lot of older folks who you know are on social security and 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 uh disability DI and um you know yeah. they love Gotti and they they saw themselves in his story and they probably had never uh, voted for a democrat and i think his i convinced a couple to do that because they felt connected to him and what he was going through and in some ways they're kind of at similar stages of their lives so he has a unique ability to cut through across demographics and and partisan lines. And this disease has robbed him of so much, but has given him this clarion call of a voice um, that that resonates so broadly. And I I feel very privileged that I got to have the opportunity to, to capture and preserve it and amplify it.
0: And I do think that as the population of America ages, the boomers are aging into the that point in their lives where they realize that the healthcare system, Medicare is inadequate, And the other thing that I like to point out is back in 2016, as disastrous as that election was, Bernie Sanders was the second choice of a lot of people who voted for Donald Trump. And I think that that is what you're talking about. You go to these places where there's older people or conservatives who understand some things should just be basic human rights or at some level, if they can't articulate it that way, they understand it and um, I I do believe that we're on the right side of history, and I'll say it again, I think it'll happen, but not for lack of people like Adi out there doing it, making sure it happens. That's what we really need. Yeah, uh, well, Nicholas Bruckman, thank you. Thank you for this film. Thank you for the film Not Going Quietly. It is in release on August 13th, uh, you can go to the Greenwich uh, website to look uh, uh, to check it out, as well as notgoingquietlyfilm.com. dot
1: That's right, notgoingquietlyfilm.com, dot and we're on social media at Not Going Quietly Film on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, so you can follow along there as well. Yeah, you
0: have a substantial. Um, social media presence i i've listed a lot of them including by the way i did want to mention very quickly before we get out of here amanda rowdy and her help on this it seems like she was an integral part there are so many people in the film i'd love to say you know shout outs to but she certainly seemed to have been a big part of it
1: hundred percent amanda's been on the project from the from the get-go um and was a totally indispensable part of the team and um, there's a couple other people we're shouting out our our editor kent bassett who Cut this thing over for for a year, as well as some of our EPs, uh, Mark and Jay Duplass, Bradley Whitford, uh, Park Pictures, Patma Productions. I would be remiss not to mention all of them. We had a really big team um of people who believed in this and believed in Audi and helped us get here, even through a pandemic and and many setbacks that we experienced along the way. So, uh, yeah, uh, you know, filmmaking is is a uh, is absolutely a team sport. That's kind of always what I advise anybody who um, is getting started, is to, is to find your tribe and, and stick with them.
0: Congrats on all of it.
1: Yeah, thank, thank you so much, Mike. Thanks for spreading the word about the film.
0: You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar.